Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company that's run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. And today we're happy to welcome Ross Tucker to the Black Knight Nation podcast for a second time. Ross, thanks so much. Uh, You were on the podcast earlier when we first got started. I can't believe that we're uh, right now over a hundred podcasts and we thank you for coming up. Thank you for taking the time talking some army football with us. Yeah, my pleasure, Sal. Thank you so much for having me. You guys obviously do a great job with black Knight nation. I, I see the shows from time to time and I'm happy to come on, man. It's, it's uh, right in the middle of army season. I did the Colgate game last week. I got the Monroe game on Saturday. So good time for me to come on. Absolutely. I wanted to talk to you about the halfway point of Army season. They're two and four right now. And honestly, when I was looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year, I thought maybe they should be four and two. They might lose the games at Coastal and Wake and win the home games because they've been so strong at Mikey, right? What is your take on this team halfway through? Yeah, I think um, obviously I think we all thought they'd have at least two wins. I think if things went really well, they could maybe be five and one. But realistically, I think most people probably thought they'd be three and three or four and two, and that that's probably where Army would tell you that they should be, right? Uncharacteristic mistakes cost them at home against both UTSA and Georgia State. It's uh, disappointing, I, I know, for them that they didn't win at least one of those games at home, right? You know, against UTSA, uh, you know, Tyrell Robinson lost the punt in the sun and wasn't able to get out of there in time, so that didn't hit him. Just a critical error, unfortunately, for Army in that game. They had a couple others as well, including giving up a touchdown on what was it, third and 20, and they gave up a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. So either one of those plays doesn't happen. They beat UTSA, and then obviously the Georgia State game, man, they had momentum, and they were rolling. They get stuffed on fourth and goal. And there were a number of reasons why that happened. Probably should have scored the play before. And then I was not a fan of the of the fake punt call, but I don't know that that cost them the game either. So I think probably they played some good teams. You know, I, I think people need to realize that the record of Coastal and UTSA and Wake, I mean, Coastal and Wake only have one loss each. Uh, UTSA, I think, only has two. I think they're like 18 and four, maybe something like that. I got the stats written down for Saturday, but 18 and four. So they played some really good teams and they were so close to winning against both UTSA and Georgia State. In good years for Army, they win both those games because they're at home and they find a way to win those close games. And you think on average, they would win one of them. Unfortunately, this year, they've lost both of those. Yeah, now so you look, they hit the second half of the season, and here's Louisiana Monroe coming in, and they're going to face another pretty mobile quarterback, that uh, kind of a, a little dual-threat quarterback. And so now the, the, the second half of the schedule, of course, this is a, I think that this is a must-win this week for Army, um, obviously. Ross, I don't know what you think about the matchup and how, you know, Coach Munkin's saying how he's optimistic about the second half. Colgate was the start of a new season for Army, you know, just trying to get the team motivated. They still haven't really put together a full game. So I'm wondering maybe could this be the week that we see them put together a full game offense, defense, and special teams? Well, we'll see. 
right? I think a major question is who's healthy, who's able to play. I mean, they had a lot of guys that did not play against Colgate. I think I said on the CBS telecast that it's four of their 10 best players. I guess five of their 10 best players, yeah. right? I mean, or yeah. maybe six. <laughs> Tyre Tyler, Tyson Riley, Jacoby Buchanan didn't play. Alston didn't play. Andre Carr didn't play. Jabari Moore. I think you make an argument that's six of their 10 to 12 best yeah. players right there. So first and foremost, they need to find out how many of those guys are available to play this week against ULM because they have a buy after this before the Air Force game. So, you know, I don't know what Munkin and his staff will do, how many of those guys will play, how many of those guys maybe they want to have, you know, heal up and rest up before they get ready to go against Air Force. So that's a major question. I think ULM is a lot better watching them on tape than their record indicates. Watching them the last couple weeks against Coastal Carolina and South Alabama, two teams only have one loss, mind you, and they were right there. Their quarterback is really good. And that's one of the things. Army's run into a, a bunch of good quarterbacks this year. I mean, Frank Harris was the biggest reason why they lost to UTSA. I thought Granger was pretty impressive for Georgia State. Obviously, Sam Hartman's fantastic. Grayson McCall's fantastic. But now they got to go against a quarterback in Chandler Rogers who's crazy hot over the last couple games. I think it's like 85% or some crazy number that he's been completing the last two games. So somehow Army's going to have to get him out of a rhythm because if they don't, he's going to be able to pick them apart. I think that right uh they talked about pass rush this year and they really have Andre Carter's getting a lot of attention. So they've been looking for guys to step up. And last week, Bonzu had a, you know, he forced a fumble and Nate Smith got um, a deflection that Leo Lowen intercepted, but they really need, the blitzes aren't really on point yet for them. I don't think, I don't know what you're seeing out there, but they just don't have the pass rush that they've had in the last couple of years yet. It's a good point. Um, you know, Andre had that big game against UTSA, but really hasn't had as many big plays in the backfield as he did last year. It should be noted, boy, some of these games are like triple teaming him. I mean, it's unbelievable. Georgia State, you know, he's getting a lot of attention, a lot more attention than he got last year. And that's part of being an elite player. That's part of having to go against offenses that are very familiar with you. I did think it was interesting against Wake Forest. He actually dropped in the coverage quite a bit in that game. You watch him, he's still really good. He just moves so well for his size. Terrific up and under move. He changes direction well, uses his length well. They need to get him going for sure against ULM if he plays. And I think you're right, Sal. It feels like other years that – the blitzes have gotten home faster and more often than they have this year. I mean, it felt like Malcolm Morrison would come free all the time off the edge. And when they would blitz Eric Smith, that's not happening with the same regularity this year. No doubt. Um, uh, Nate Woody was on a conference call last night and said um, Carter is looking likely to play on Saturday. So hopefully he'll be back. Ross, do you see him? I know he's been projected in the first round. I know you do a lot of, um, you know, scouting work too. Uh, what, what, where do you see him? Or do you think he's a first round pick uh, in the upcoming draft? That would surprise me. Yeah. Andre being a first round pick would surprise me because I still think 
when you look at him physically and you watch him against the run, I still think there's a little bit of projection there and that he would be a situational pass rusher to start his career. And I'm not sure I envision that being a first-round player. A lot of times first-round players, these guys are almost finished products, right? They're ready to go. They're ready to contribute that year. I see him as a day two player. I see him right now going in round two, round three. But look, there's a lot of football left to be played this year. And then he's a guy that I'm sure will go to the Senior Bowl. And how he performs at the Senior Bowl will really be the the tail of the tape. I mean, that will really determine what round he ends up going in. I think it's still a possibility there. If he goes down to the Senior Bowl and dominates, late first-round pick is an option. Yeah, we'll see. It'd be interesting to watch. First of all, Army needs to get, you know, get some – if they can get rolling here too and maybe get to a bowl game, that would help – that will also help. Um, Offensive-wise, whether you – I mean, Jamel Jones came in last week. He looked pretty good. I mean, after the Wake Forest game, I knew Tyler was a little banged up and Ballard's been a little bit, in, you know, hot and cold, so to speak, and I, I thought maybe Jamel Jones was the way to go um, last week. What did you think about his performance, and what do you think Army might do – um, against Louisiana Monroe if Tyler and Ballard are healthy. Yeah, no idea. I meet with Munkin on Friday. He usually gives me a pretty good idea of what the plan is, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, uh, you know, how long Tyler Tyler's out. I was, you know, I didn't know that Ballard wasn't going to play last week. I didn't know if he'd get in or not in the game. I know he was, you know, dressed and available. You know, Army has a luxury. Like, what other program has three senior quarterbacks that have all started games, have all played well, and are able to go out there and function and and run the offense as well as they do. It's it's quite frankly um, a pretty good feather in the cap, I would say, of Cody Worley, the quarterback coach, that they're able to get that many guys available. You know, that many guys are ready to go, prepared, ready to play. Um, I, I think I think this, Sal, with the way he played at the end of the Wake Forest game and the way he played last week, I think it'd be kind of tough to not have him out there again in some capacity. You know, maybe he splits time with Ballard. Maybe he splits time with Tyre Tyler. But it feels like it'd be pretty surprising if Jamel Jones wasn't still part of it. I think he's functioned well enough, played well enough, that he deserves an opportunity to keep playing. Coach was asked about using three quarterbacks possibly down the road, and he said it, it's not out of the possibility, so we'll see what happens. Hey, real quick, um, we have a question from Mike Falkowski. Any thoughts on the offense incorporating tight ends in a short passing game at, at for Army? I mean, I know Lingenfelter – I was watching their first pass play to Brahim Murphy on, on tape earlier this morning, and they had Lingenfelter going up the field. But, you know, that's a play that to a Chris Cameron that worked in a couple times in the past. I don't know. What do you think about tight ends in the offense? Well, first of all, I love Lingenfelter. Love that dude. He is an awesome blocker. He gets after people. One of the coaches I talked to this week, uh, this season – for the opposing team said that um, when Lingenfelter's college career is over, he wants to buy him a beer because he was that impressed with the way that Lingenfelter got after it in the run game. You're right. They did have some success the last couple of years with wide open tight ends 
on some of those plays. You wonder if they'll come back to that at some point this year and give Lingenfelter a chance. They typically have open guys when they do throw it, right? I mean, they, you know, a lot of times it's the slot backs, Murphy, Ijon Marshall, obviously Alston's kind of their go-to guy. But yes, I, I can see them getting the tight. Look, they don't throw the ball very much. I mean, that's so there's only so many passes to go around. If you only throw the ball two or three times a game, no one's really getting incorporated that much. But in some of these games, they might have to do it a little bit more often. Um, I know they love getting the ball to Tyrell Robinson in space. Marshall's been a great receiver. Murphy's been a great receiver. Alston's good. They actually have a bunch of pretty good receiving threats that are probably higher on the, the target chart than the tight end like Lingenfelter, who's out there smashing dudes. Yeah, hey, real quick, one more question I wanted to ask you about. Some, something I've noticed really in the last couple games, blocking-wise, and it's not on the offensive line. It's Cole Catterbone. Cole Catterbone's been a pretty impressive blocker this year, and you see him on that 75-yard run by Jamel Jones getting downfield and making some key blocks. I mean, the, the block, like like we talked about, wide receivers got more than just uh, – or tight ends have more to do to just catch passes. Have, have you noticed Catterbone in, in their in their blocking schemes a lot? Does he pop out on film or no? Absolutely. Haven't had a chance to highlight Cole as much as I'd like to. But, yes, I think not only is he their best blocking receiver, he's their best blocking slot back when they put him at slot back. And, in fact, I think they put him at slot back on some plays because how good of a blocker he is. You know, the last couple of years, that was Brandon Walters. Anybody that watches me call the Army home games on CBS knows I was a big Brandon Walters guy. Loved the way he blocked. I thought that was a major key to Army success the last couple of years. And I don't think Murphy or Marshall are as good as Walters was last year or Catterbone this year as blockers at the point of attack, which is one of the reasons why they put Catterbone in the slot from time to time. Yeah. Hey, Ross, we really appreciate your insight on Army football. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks so much. And we'll uh, we'll catch up with you on Saturday at Mikey Stadium when the Black Knights play uh, Louisiana Monroe. My pleasure, Sal. Absolutely love all of your content. I read most of it. Like seeing you on the field before the game, taking pictures and stuff. That's always fun. And I'm really looking forward. I think we're going to hit peak fall foliage, hopefully, on Saturday at Mikey Stadium. Should be absolutely beautiful. Hopefully, people, if you're an Army fan, you guys know um, how much I support all of you, uh, especially those of you that served, how much that means to me. Definitely follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, because I post uh, the food I eat at the Lichtenberg tailgate. I post some, some yeah, beautiful man. pictures from up in the booth and on the field. So should be a blast. Should be a lot of fun. It always is. I'll see you guys at noon on Saturday at Mikey Stadium and on CBS. Thanks, Ross. Thank you, Sal, so much for having me. I really appreciate it.